I find strength mm. when I help people because it's not that I the strength just grow in me when I help people. It's just when people are struggling, they are strong. Mm. They need to be strong to, to to face the challenges. So helping them actually helps me to absorb a bit of their strength. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Hello everyone. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Mizi Wahid podcast. I am Mizi Wahid and I am grateful for all of your shares and support of this podcast. I hope um, the episodes that we've been uploading has been entertaining, enriching, uplifting for yourselves, for your souls. And uh, I truly appreciate all of the shares and subscriptions on Spotify for my channel. Before we begin today's episode, allow us to first share a bit about our sponsor. This episode could not be done without the support of our generous sponsor. One of the greatest achievements any Singaporean could possibly attain is to retire with a peace of mind and that is to ensure that all of your finances all of your debts all of your future savings and expenses are properly planned and managed and to achieve that a lot of people think that you can only start thinking about it when you're 40 when you're close to retirement at 45 or even in your late 40s and that's not the right way to think about it Retirement is something that in order for you to attain full peace of mind is for you to start planning in your 20s, when you get your first job, or at least in your early or mid-30s. So, if you would like to know more about how you can be helped, what kind of advice you need in order to get your retirement plan started, then our friends at TAQ Wealth Associates will be able to assist you. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash taqwa2021. That's T-A-Q-W-A 2021 to register and drop your inquiry. Our friends at Taqwa will get in touch with you shortly. Now, without further ado, let's begin today's episode. Uh, continuing with this year's tradition of having amazing guests, I have another inspiring person to be interviewed today. Um, she is uh, a Malaysian who has lived outside of Malaysia before. I'll get her to introduce herself properly. Her name is Nor Farahin Binti Romli, but more popularly known on social media as Farah Lee. Farah, Assalamualaikum. Yes, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for making time to, to join me today. Oh, thank you, Ustaz, for having me today. I feel so honored to be featured with at Mizi Wahid. I got your book. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I think perhaps that was the first time how we connected, right? I think you must have like tagged me or something uh, after reading my book. And then that's how I discovered you. And then I realized, wow, she's really um, inspirational, you know, very active in the work that she does. And since then, we've been following each other, right? Yeah, yeah, that was it. How how did you come across my book? Was it a gift from someone or did you buy it yourself or what? Uh, I bought it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I went to the bookstore and searched for it and I bought it. I came across uh, through a friend, I guess. Mm. So a friend told you about me? Yeah. Mm. So 
so I got to know you. I was like, wow, it's amazing, mashallah. <laughs> so that's how that's how it started. Alhamdulillah, thank you. Okay, so um, Farah, you have a lot of things going on in your life right now. I feel like you are a very optimistic person. You're a very positive person. And I say this with some knowledge of what you've had to go through in life. You know, some of your struggles, some of your setbacks. And it, it must not have been easy, right? But you seem to carry on with life with this positivity, um, even though you've gone through a lot. So I want to share with... I want, I want to ask you first, like, how do you... How did you develop this positive mindset? Okay, because you know I've I've been on Clubhouse, you know Clubhouse, mm-hmm. uh, lately, and one of the topics I've been doing is actually about how to maintain positivity amidst all negativity. You know, so maybe I'll mm-hmm. start off by asking you before we go deep into your story. How do you um, have that positive mindset? Um, I guess that. I have no choice but to be positive. Mm. I mean, like, I keep reminding myself. Of course, I have ups and downs. Uh, when I, yeah, I, I feel whatever I need to feel. When I'm sad, I cry. But I, I never let that uh, prolong for too long. And then get back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's, what is very important is for you to acknowledge your feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. To feel it in order to heal. Mm. I like that. So basically your principle in life is that you're not going to shy away if you feel like you want to cry, you're going to cry, right? If you feel sad, you're going to embrace that feeling. Am I right? And then after that, you bounce back. Okay, so maybe for the benefit of my listeners, um, could you spend a, a minute or two just to introduce yourself a little bit? Um, you can talk about your background, your upbringing, you know, and where you are now and what you're doing. Go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, my full name is Nafarim Diramli. I don't know. Um, I got known as Farali. Lee's like, I'm not Chinese. Uh, I'm not even <laughs> Korean. <laughs> it's just like my, my dad's punya name. Like, people call him Lee. Oh. Um, and then just a lot of Farah. So it's like how to make it rare or uncommon. So it's like, okay, let's make it parallel. So it works. It yeah, works. people yeah. get confused a lot about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> to uh, in oh it's tomorrow. Like tomorrow, tomorrow I turn 33 years old. Oh, uh, happy birthday in advance. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I have a daughter. Uh, she's Mariam Isabel. She's turning seven this year. Um, I'm originally from Terengganu. Uh, my high, uh, my primary school, my high school is all in Terengganu. But after I finished my SPM, got scholarship to further my study in South Korea in mechanical engineering. Mm. And then I got married. And then I got divorced. And then I further my master's in childhood studies in the UK. And now I'm back in Malaysia for good. Mm. And I'm doing building business. You're doing what? Sorry? Clothing business, fashion Clothing business. Clothing business, yes. Okay. Yeah. We're going to talk about the business uh, shortly, inshallah. But, you know, you, you mentioned in passing, almost as if it's nothing, but I'm pretty sure it's a big thing. Um, you went through, you got married, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't last. Uh, and I think, 
that could be perhaps one of the biggest setbacks that you've had to live through in your life. How long how long did the marriage last? Uh almost 5 years. Almost Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So was it difficult for I mean this sounds like a silly question but was it difficult to to walk away from a marriage that perhaps you felt was not going to be good for you anymore um when even though the idea of getting married is for it to last forever like what how do you deal with it mm-hmm. so uh, basically uh divorce is not my decision but i respect uh the other party's decision mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it's kun paya kun sometimes what we want we what we thought that it's good for us but mm-hmm. it's not what we need and allah knows better so it was so hard seriously it's like it was so hard mm-hmm. like when she was like i cried almost literally like every night mm-hmm. alone uh with my daughter beside me sleeping like looking at her and i cry a bit more um how how old was your daughter when you went through the uh, she's turning to Mm, still very small. Mm. Oh, she just turned two. Uh, yeah, ten days after her birthday, the second birthday, uh, was our hearing at at the court. Mm. So it was hard. What now, after seeing all the hikmas and living my life to the fullest right now, I feel so blessed. It's much I'm redo, shuko then redo, redo then shuko. Ah, yeah. Do you think that that was what helped you also to get over it having that acceptance boleh redha you know Yeah exactly But it didn't happen overnight right it took you a while to get to that point No How long did it take um, you to be able to mm-hmm. like okay you know what I'm done I'm moving on Mhm okay actually after so after for, for Muslim after we got divorced and we have that idah period Mm-hmm. So I still really hope that we can reconcile and get back together during the Eidah period, but it didn't happen. Although I, I, I think that I did almost everything to save my marriage, but it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Uh, so I asked God. I asked Him like, "Kalau, kalau it's not good for me, just buang rasa. Apa apa rasa yang aku ada, just buang." Mm. And after my ida, and then I'm I'm very committed person. I'm very mm. firm with my decision. Mm. So I check up my ida. No more hope. Uh, no more like uh contacting just for the sake of like rindu lah. Uh, apa teringat zaman dulu ke apa tak mm. dia langsung. But still, I still have hope. So mm. I know that I haven't moved on completely yet. About at that time when people keep on like praying for us to get back together, I feel so good. I feel like oh thank you, thank you for 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 the doa. But uh, after my dad passed away, like a year after that, mm-hmm. in 2017, it was a wake up call for me. In what sense? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like uh, losing someone, like someone who. Uh, don't appreciate you. I'm sorry to say this. Uh, versus losing someone that will never hurt you. Mm. Uh, uh, that person didn't doesn't. Uh, it's not worth it to do that. Mm. 
So it's my, not, my, it's not my, worth it's not worth being sad every day about somebody who doesn't even appreciate you compared to yeah, losing yeah. someone who you know loves you unconditionally, right? Yeah, so I feel like it completely I feel I feel the, the loss. Mm. Like total loss. Um a, a serious a real loss. So losing uh someone like a husband is just tak ada it's not that big lah. Mm. Uh, so since then uh I think I have com- completely moved on and then that's when I decided to further my studies in the UK and like completely uh moving on with my life. You brought your daughter along right for the studies? Yeah. Mm. How was that that's like? Well, it was hard as well. But it was fun. It was interesting. Mm. It's always a process and I learned a lot throughout. How many years were you in the UK? Uh, it's just only for one and a half year. Mm. But I'm pretty sure it, it must have been really memorable, right? With your daughter just over there. Yeah, we, we spent <laughs> like, it's very simple. Living living abroad is very simple. Um, So we live our life like just two hours every day, almost every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I send her to school and then I go to the uni, do my studies, researching everything and then come back, pick her up, and then spend time together, blah, 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 and then a bedtime story mm-hmm. and then sleep and then repeat. <laughs> do you think, do you think your daughter, even though she was probably still young, that she'll always cherish that moment with you? I hope so. I don't <laughs> know, but I hope so. Does she still talk about it sometimes? Uh, she doesn't really like the UK, to oh, be honest. Not. Is it a friend? <laughs> uh, it's cool. It's cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's cool over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think that she misses the family members here mm. in Malaysia. Okay. Okay, Um, I liked your answer earlier, like what helped you move on. And your first answer was you made a firm decision, right? Um, And I, I believe that too, that your mindset is everything. Like when you make a decision that, you know what, if this is not going to be good for me, I'm going to make a commitment to move on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, for some people who have been down and depressed for a long time about someone they lost or a marriage that they had to leave too soon, um, it sounds easier said than done. But I could hear, almost I could hear from your voice as you said it, like you're very firm. And you're very objective. Like, after the Ida period, if there's nothing, you know, then I'm done. Then we're moving on, you know. No more hopes, no more missing each other, texting each other unnecessarily. Uh, And I think it requires a very strong person to be able to do that. Yeah? So, that's that's quite commendable, uh, I would say, for you. And the second thing you said was, uh, after you lost your dad, then you saw that you you automatically compare right compare this love and the previous love and which one you value and treasure more losing which person hurt you more right and that put things into proper perspective mm-hmm. yeah exactly my my next question for you is um how did you know now she your daughter seven how did you break the news to her? How did you help her understand that mommy and daddy are not together again? Was it tough? It was a process and it wasn't tough uh, for me. Uh, since day one, we got separated. 
I straight away told her that both of uh, her dad and me, we're no longer living together and we divorced. Uh, but our love towards her will never change regardless. So she was two at that time. I, I, I don't think she understands, but that's how me getting her involved in our decision because it's, it's her family. Uh, she's also in the form together. We are together like parents. We don't make a decision uh, just two of you. We involve children in our decision. So mm. I want her to be involved because uh, I think that she has the right uh, to, to be informed. So I, I never hide anything and I never think that hiding about uh, divorce or relationship status between you and your spouse is good for the kids. Mm. I mean, she has, they have to uh, face it. They have to know how to um, uh, handle any situations. It's a it's life process. Some people are, are given these challenges. Some people are given this another type of challenges. But what most important is how we handle the situation. Mm. And yes, uh, she does ask about her father and all of okay. us, me and my my ex-husband, we are all in good relationship. Mm. Uh, I still contacting the father and we are still visiting each other and even the family members. Mm. So because I believe that the conflict is between me and my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with my daughter mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So she has the total right to not to be the victim in this situation. Mm. I think that's really powerful advice because I think the the greatest victims sometimes are the children. You know, they get caught in the crossfire mm-hmm. when mom and dad are fighting and arguing, nasty divorce, ugly divorce, and then the children are the ones who suffer the most. So I like how you and your ex um, in spite of everything that has happened, you are able to handle this with such maturity, I would say, um, and and protect your daughter from from all the if, from anything that could be toxic, you know. Because sometimes I hear stories, Farah, um, like whoever that has custody or whoever doesn't have custody would try to brainwash the child and say, oh, your father is a bad person, oh, your mom is a liar, things like that. And that too indirectly causes the child to suffer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think I like how you handle it and hopefully it can be a good example for others as well who are going through divorce, inshallah. Okay, so being a single mom, traveling overseas, you know, have you ever felt like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. It's too much for me. <laughs> um, that you wanted to get help. Getting help, either you get a helper or whether you you thoughts of remarrying, things like that. Have you ever felt like giving up? Or, or you know, like, oh, I just need somebody to come and help me. <laughs> Actually, I was raised independent by my parents, especially my late dad. Uh, he always encouraged me to go out, to yeah. explore to do things by my own, um, the travel and everything like. But being independent uh, doesn't mean that you don't need help. Um, so if I need help, I did ask for help whenever I, I need one. 
um, because I think that I'm a human. I can't do everything by my own, mm. on my own. So yeah, of course, first I would try to manage things by myself. But uh, but once I got too overwhelmed, uh, I know that's the sign that I need extra hands. Uh, but uh, having having like merry thoughts, not to 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 extend lah. Uh -huh. I still have much Allah, Alhamdulillah, my circle is so supportive, I have a very supportive family, mm -hmm. I have supportive friends, and if I feel like too overwhelmed, penat sangat, I will just put Mariam in my office mm -hmm. and ask my staff, my employees help to look after her, mm -hmm. and I just go out and make friends or catch up, mm -hmm. just, I, I think that stuff is, is important, yeah, to keep a scene in order to take care of others. Mm -hmm. That's true. I mean, you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself, right? Yeah. Um, okay, that's really cool. I mean, you have staff to take care of your kids. Uh, that's a luxury as well. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Okay. I want to ask about your studies a little bit. So, your bachelor's degree, am I right? Correct me if I'm wrong, was actually in mechanical engineering. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. But then your master's, you did something else. What do you, what do, you do in your, for your master's? Uh, childhood studies. Okay. Why? Why did you pursue that? Why? Um. Are you even passionate okay. in uh, engineering, mechanical engineering? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my brain. My brain loves science and maths, mm. but my heart loves social science. Mm. Because I don't. I don't do crisis a bit. <laughs> yeah. But why I didn't pursue my career engineering is um I want to have flexible time for my family since I got married before I finished my study. It was during my last uh, final year in mm. Korea, so I got married, and after I finished my study, I got pregnant. So then, after having my daughter, uh, then later went through divorce. Um, I see the urge to know more and research more about childhood, and I see that social science uh related area could impact more people, could reach more people, mm. and this kind of knowledge is um very crucial. To create more empathetic society and nations, mm. um, so that's 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 one of the reason why I pursue my passion in childhood studies rather than in engineering. That's beautiful, you know. I think life at the end of the day is about doing what is fulfilling to you, right? Mm. And I think you, uh, what you have pursued in your bachelor's, in your master's, is a nice fusion of heart and brain you know <laughs> like you, it's a very balanced thing so you are very logical person very organized structured person but at the same time your heart is also something that you are tending to uh, you know you have a daughter so that makes a lot of sense too wanting to understand uh, how kids behave and how they think and how do you you know communicate with them and things like that so i would say that's pretty uh, must have been pretty enriching for you yeah Okay, so um, do you have plans to go for a PhD? <laughs> so oh, I, I do. Mm. When? Uh, Not anytime soon? When? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I do. I do. I love, I, love, I love knowledge. I love studying. Maybe something related to childhood in Islam because I see that we have lacks of research in such areas. Mm. Even, even right now, I want to know like what is the Islamic perspective on this, uh, this, this uh, matter? 
uh, it's really hard to find sources, like valid sources. Mm. Uh, there are hadith, uh, but it's hadith is very, I can say raw. We need mm. more. We need to dig uh, uh, more into it. Yep. Uh, so I see the loop. Uh, I wish that I can further something like further doing something to 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 um fulfill mm. the loop in Charu area, especially in Islamic perspective. Sounds really exciting. I, I would definitely want to know more. You know, if you go into that research, I would definitely want to read whatever you have to 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 share with us. Uh, because yeah, I mean, I I too get a lot of questions. I think even a few days ago, somebody asked, says, "How do I raise my child in an, from an Islamic perspective?" You know, like okay, <laughs> of course, I've done Islamic parenting seminars and whatever. But like you said, it's mostly you know taking stories and hadiths and which sometimes are quite generic right um and i think today a lot of there are a lot of advanced knowledge uh in social sciences in in parenting skills and so on and how the children today are uh the state that they're in and their the influences so there are a lot of things that are new so yeah i'm i'm going to pray for your phd to come soon okay i <laughs> mean Okay, so um, Farah, what's keeping you busy nowadays? Tell us a bit more about your business. How did it get started? Was it planned? Was it something you stumbled upon? Please share. Uh, my business, uh, it was unplanned. Apparently, I started my fashion business. It was in 2012. Uh, it was in 2012. Yeah, end of 2012. It was unplanned. Uh, why? I saw opportunity. I saw a loop where the scarves, uh, I was in Korea at the time. So the scarf used by the Koreans, uh, they use it as muffler. It's actually can also be used as tudong by hijabis. Mm. So I baru juga lah started wearing tudong. Mm. Uh, but then people keep asking me, Iman, macam mana dapat tudong tu beli dekat mana and all. So I then I see like, okay, boleh jual ni. So I started supplying those stuff to Malaysia mm -hmm. and we sell, we sell it. Then when a year after, I started uh, selling my own design. Design. So I started everything from scratch. Uh, and now it's almost nine years. Mm -hmm. It's already nine years. Uh, I'm in industry. Wow. Uh, there's always ups and downs in business. Uh, but Alhamdulillah, we are sustaining amidst the pandemic season and all. Mm. What what is your biggest lesson so far in running a business as a female entrepreneur? Because you know now, as we're recording this, we're recording this in the International Women's Month, right? Um, so, is there anything that you want to share uh, that you think is different, lah? Like running a business as a man, maybe men have it a lot easier. You know, maybe you have it a bit more difficult mm -hmm. at a disadvantage. Uh, any thoughts on this? Or no issue at I, I, I all? Did, I did. I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't see that um, business is for men. Mm. Uh, it sounds sexist. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, I think like the biggest, the biggest challenges in business is uncertainty. Like, it's good because kita letak pengharapan hanya pada Allah. Because mm. we cannot like, if we, we work, as an employee, uh, as an yeah, employee. Mm. So we got like every month, we know that how much we're going to get, just our salary and all. But doing business, 
we especially like uh, this pandemic mm. is suddenly everything got affected everyone got affected mm. um was, so yeah was your business affected yeah but but alhamdulillah we are still not not that really affected because i'm not actually i'm not a business person uh i hate taking risks and i spend too much on marketing so i don't really uh i don't i don't plan uh too much for my future so the actually i was i was also busy with my study in the uk back then um so i tak sempat buat uh design raya which all of my friends or other uh, fashion businesses already uh done with the raya collections so but then when the pandemic happened then raya pun tak boleh balik and then people started saving and losing jobs and they start on not spending too much on barang-barang ke hendak mm-hmm. yeah mm. so uh i i was busy i tak sempat pun uh, buat design raya so i tak ada kerugian loss mm. tu tak ada mm. but just uh, i i buat sale and everything just to keep to keep sustaining during this period i think that then um compared to growing up um, like growing your business sustaining is much more crucial during this period that's really solid advice i like i like that you're very practical about it because some people maybe they're like okay okay we've been hit really hard by covid we need to invest a lot of money on new inventory new collection kan and then tak terjual then you <laughs> you go under right So I think um, I like your your style and your approach. That your number one priority is to actually, you know, keep the business afloat, um, to not be wasteful, and to be very strategic in your movements. Uh. So, how many people are in your team right now, supporting you? Uh, five. Five of you. And what are the plans? Let's say in the next three years, do you do you think ahead about where you want this brand to grow, how you want it to grow? and so on uh as i mentioned before i'm not a business person so i don't really have um future plans uh but inshallah instead uh just now um like instead of focusing on closing inshallah later we will have more options like maybe telekong or sejadah candles that's just to make it more variety mm-hmm. okay and the business name is omar and isabel right yes omar and isabel. okay Who's Omar? Um, Omar is, is yeah, Omar is a uh, mother in Korean language. In Korean, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Isabel is my daughter, Mariam's Isabel. So, so how good is your Korean? Just curious. Uh, Chogeman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds impressive <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, um, makin tak elo. I mean, like. I have I no longer speak to any anybody like I like I do have Korean friends but uh, compared to before uh I need to polish my Korean. But you watch now. Korean shows? I don't have time for that. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many, you know, uh, fanatic Korean fans out there, right? Malaysia, Singapore, everywhere around the world. So I I I know some friends who can speak Korean just because they watch the shows every day, you know. Impressive. <laughs> It, yeah, that that is impressive enough, you know. But um yeah, okay. <laughs> um I want to ask you next about um 
you have this organization called Childrity. Is that right? Yeah. It's a, it's a platform for children and charity. Can you share with us a little bit more about it? So uh, I've always loved children and I have huge passion in humanitarian mission. Mm. I always love charity. So charity is a platform for me to do work related to children mm-hmm. and charity in between. So, but as for now, charity is just an idea actually. I'm yet registered as a legal organization or else, but Alhamdulillah, uh, I've raised more than three to 200,000 mm. ringgit Malaysia through funding for a few years uh, uh, be it with uh, my own initiative or through collaboration with other NGOs. So how, how are the children specifically helped through your organization? What, what do you help them with? Oh, um, education. Um, yeah, yeah, most of it is about education. Like um, I have another, that one is registered NGO, me and a few friends. Uh, it's an interna- international organization uh, mm-hmm. based in Malawi uh, called Africa Innovate. So through that also, uh, we help the children, the education in Malawi. And oh yeah, charity is mainly it's uh something like um murid tercicci or any 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 charity missions or projects that I collab or I join, I mm. update it on charity. Mm. Um yeah, as for now, it's just a platform for crowdfunding. Mm. Okay, sounds really noble. I mean amidst everything that you are dealing with, juggling your business, raising your child. You know, um, you still have time to give back. Um, you know that I think like I find strength mm. when I help people because it's not that I the strength just grow in me when I help people. It's just when people are struggling, they are strong. Mm. They need to be strong to, to to face the challenges. So helping them actually helps me to absorb a bit of their strength. Mm. Mm. I think I understand what you mean because I've I've also been involved in some of these things and to be honest, Farah, sometimes I'm tasked to go and see some of these people who are going through a hard time so that I would be their motivator. But when I sit down and listen to their stories, they motivate me, you know? Exactly. Yeah, so that's... And I find it very strange and odd, but I feel empowered when I when I see these people because sometimes they're going through so much and yet they look at me with a smile on your face. They say, mm-hmm. it's okay, Ustaz, inshallah, you know, kita yakin mm-hmm. dengan, you know, Tuhan and sebagainya. And like, I'm like, wow, you're so strong, you know that? <laughs> you have no idea. I came to motivate you and now I'm leaving being motivated, you know? <laughs> really beautiful. Mm-hmm. How it works. Yeah. All right. Um, just now I asked you about your plans for business in the future. You said, oh, I'm not a business person. So now I want to ask you about um, your daughter, right? What mm-hmm. What is your vision for her, your dreams, your hopes for her? Um, and what's your parenting style? Do you try to, you know, like dictate, okay, I want you to study this, I want you to pursue this, you know, or, or are you the kind who will allow her to just explore whatever she wants to try and then... And then, you know, give her the opportunities she needs to grow in that area. What are your mm-hmm. hopes and dreams for her? So, um, uh, I always respect her as a being. So, having said that, like, um, 
I, I, I always be there for her. I always listen to her. I give her options. I, I'm not like a like a dictator mom, but I am, I am firm. Mm. So she has options, but she also has to know that there are limits and boundaries. Um. So like right now, point I, I sent her to a self-directed learning school. Sorry. How how is that? How is a self-directed learning school like? Uh, so then the children go there. Yeah, there will be um few facilitators like to guide and to assist the children. But they go there and they direct their own learning. So they just decide what they want to do at, at the school. If mm. what if they want to do arts, they can do arts. They if you want to bake today, so they bake. And mm. until uh she like she she got the options opportunities to try everything at school everything mm. that is provided at school like the space provided at the school <clears throat> until uh, usually um, uh, for the children until they reach uh, at the age of 10 uh, they they started to know their passion when mm. they already tried everything mm. so i hope that when she try everything at school when they she knows what she's into and then try to develop the her skills and knowledge in that area so that she can be like expertise in such area. Mm. That's a really interesting mm. concept, yeah. Is it now mm. very popular in Malaysia, these kind of schools? No, it's not popular and you've got batch like mind you at the same But it's actually it's it's important for the parents. If we have confidence in our child, we would believe in her. Mm. believe in them mm. that's most important awesome okay farah um I'm, i have one more question for you but before that i want to let you know that for all of my podcast guests i always give them a chance to also ask me a question so if you have a question in mind that you want to ask me about anything you can think about it first okay so my last question um for you is you're a you're a pretty popular social media person, right? You're you can be considered as a social media influencer. What are some of the benefits of being one? What are some of the responsibilities of being one? What are some of the challenges of being someone like that? Can you mm-hmm. share? Mm. The benefit of being known uh, is everything we share. We got we could reach a lot of viewers mm-hmm. uh followers uh, like a higher reach and uh, engagement mm-hmm. for everything we share but it comes with responsibility like we need to make sure that what we share is benef- will benefit others mm-hmm. is beneficial um, um in terms of challenges um macam mula-mula orang lah yeah and like pas tak semua orang faham Mm-hmm. what we are trying to say sometimes we our, our intention is this but when they read in such tone on in within their like environment as perspective they read like differently or sampaikan, and then they keep bashing they keep questioning uh, but i think if we we know our intention we know our direction then it might affect a bit, but it won't affect much. Mm. Mm. Awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at your Instagram now. You have a lot of accounts. Yeah, you have the Om Sabil, hundred fifty thousand FL shares, FL World Schooling, and of course Chaldrity. There's a lot going on <laughs> over there. Do you get overwhelmed? Do you get much um, apani drained with being too public, perhaps, or too into social media? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Sometimes I hmm. do feel that. So, what do you do uh, to take a break? Yeah, I take a break. If I feel it's too overwhelmed, like I said, I I just like shut down everything and I just go to my bedroom and sleep. And do nothing and scrolling purpose Instagram or just sleep again. Mm. Uh, I I really believe in self care. Like I do a lot of everything. Sometimes yes, I get exhausted. Sometimes mm. I get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But it's important to always know our limitation. Mm -hmm. Like doing it for why? Why you are doing it? Is it mm -hmm. you're following other people because other people are doing it, or you doing it because like uh for FL was schooling? It's where where I share about my traveling experience with my daughter. Uh, if it's charity, it's about my charity works. It's on my Isabel, it's about my fashion business. Mm -hmm. What else? FL rights, I tak share apa-apa lagi inside. Mm -hmm. But it's me sharing my thoughts uh, with uh, my followers. Uh, but I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any, uh, I, I don't, I don't have any, when I check up, that is something that would push me. Yeah, you have to do this. You have to post. You have to write every week. Kena tiga. Mm. So you do it when you feel like it. When you feel you have something important to share, right? Something beneficial. Sometimes something like just to 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 like being uh just to mingle, mm. just to update <laughs> about my life. With my followers it's not my followers like just what i want to share mm. can be something light-hearted also i see a lot of light-hearted postings as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay farah um yeah <laughs> okay farah do you have anything you want to ask me before we end so i i've been following you for so long i mean like last last two years mm -hmm. uh so i bought your books as well i think it like I believe that people who reach you are are, are women. A lot, mostly. Yeah, a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. I just I just want to know because I got I got I got the, I I wish I receive DMs, uh, emails sometimes from from especially parents that like single parents single moms, um, asking that what what they they feel unappreciated. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they are really uh, scared to to leave. So what what are your advices to them? Yeah, that's a tough question. I wasn't expecting something so tough, but <laughs> <laughs> so they are too scared to leave. Is it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, like. For but my even, son. but if they stay, they they don't feel appreciated. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I think it, it really boils down to, you know, the greatest pain of all, you know. Because as human beings, we are often motivated by pain or pleasure. You know, mm -hmm. we stay because something is more pleasurable than leaving, for example. Because if we leave, the pain is scarier, more intimidating, more frightening. At least in our head, we think it is. 
And so we continue staying, even though we are undervalued, underappreciated, unloved uh, in the relationship. And then there are people who, on a whim, they don't even have to think twice. You know what? This is not going to work out. They leave immediately. Why? Because mm-hmm. the idea of being away from this person or this relationship um, gives them the impression that there will be lesser pain and there will be more pleasure outside, more freedom, mm-hmm. more ability to do whatever they want, you know, um, less being controlled, you know, from their, by their spouse. So you need to ask yourself that, but also think of there are many consequences, right? To make a decision like this is not easy. You need to weigh the pros and cons. You need to see, okay, what are the pros of staying and what are the pros of leaving? What are the cons of staying? What are the cons of leaving? When you look at it and analyze it uh, fairly, okay, go line by line, one point at a time, that's when you can really feel whether, you know, this is the right choice or not. But I also like, you know, to take back an example you shared when you made dua to Allah, you asked Allah, if this is good for me, if it's not good for me, then show me a sign. And I think that's definitely something everyone can do. Um, ask that Allah guide our hearts uh, and ask that He shows us signs that would be helpful and useful for us to make a decision. Because decision-making is not a one-way, one-method process. Sometimes you need to ask people about it. Sometimes you need to analyze yourself. And sometimes you need to also merge it with dua. And all when all three things are combined, then that's where you perhaps will have a bit more courage and you'll be a lot more convinced to make the right decision for yourself, for your loved ones, for your future, and for your faith. Make sense? So thank you for that, so that I can share that with, with my with someone, if anyone asks me. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah. And uh, can I have one more question? Is that, sure. uh, so what, okay, what are the alternative, alternative for the... Um, for to to raise the children without who's who's having no father role in their life. Like for example, my my daughter, I got sometimes yeah I I I am very positive, but not always positive. So when I'm not <laughs> I'm not positive, I got I got like um something triggered me that uh my 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 uh, yeah I'm divorced and my 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 late dad passed away. And my only brother is in Germany studying. My my doctor's favorite uncle is in Norway. So in her daily life, there's no man at all. But I believe that sebanyak mana pun kasih sayang ibu takkan mampu jadikan gantikan itu as a father's love. Mm. So what are the alternative that that we can do? The yeah. moms can. Do? Wow, Is there Farah. Again? Um, mm. Farah, you ask me all the tough questions. Huh? <laughs> really taking the opportunity. Huh? Okay, ask, ask. But I appreciate this question because I think, once again, you are not the only one who's struggling with it. Um, and I do talk about this in some of my programs about raising a child with one parent absent. And especially because I'm a man and so I know that my role as a father is important for my children's upbringing. I have four kids. So there are, Farah, people who are married, still married, not, not divorced, but the father is as good as absent because the father doesn't care, the father doesn't invest time in the kids, the father is always too busy or too tired. So it's almost the same, you know. 
you don't have to be divorced in order for the child to feel like I don't have a father or a father figure at home. So that's the first point I would say. Um, but the second point is to your question, and that is, what do I do? Right? Yeah, of course, the easier thing would be a natural thing I would say to you, oh, then then your father lah or your brother. But now you see everybody's not here. Can your siblings apparently is more international, eh? So, <laughs> so what 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 do we do, right? And it almost as it's almost as if it's pointing to Farah, kawin lagi lah. Can but but at the same time, I don't want single moms to just marry for the sake of having a father figure at home. It must be for more than that, and there must be more reasons for you to want to get married. You must be ready. You you must want it. And the fact that guy must be good for you, must be good for your ch- child. Uh, there are a lot of things. Are, the checklist is quite long for you to just okay check 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 check. In. But it's not impossible um, to have that as a solution. So I hope you you won't rule that out. But sometimes, if in the absence of any other family members as an alternative, don't be surprised that sometimes it could just be a stranger. Sometimes your daughter could have a male teacher, kind in school, that. Is the one that cares about her. Is the one that checks on her. Can it just you know when we talk about father figures, just somebody who is there as a male figure who says, "Hey, Mariam, how are you? How's everything? Uh, Isabel, what do you love? What do you love to eat? You know, how was school today? Are you feeling okay? Are you feeling sad? Like just somebody that she can turn to, uh, but somebody f- at first, yeah, uh, to initiate all of that, uh, to check and to ask and. So I don't know who in your life that you can think of at the moment who can take on that role, but like I said, in the absence of family members, it could even be her teacher in school. Because I know some like that, the teacher takes over the fatherly role. Yeah, it could be the coach in sports if she's into sports one day. It could be her music coach. It could be her guru mengaji. It could be like you know I don't know who, but there could be someone out there who is um, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Um, uh, at least as a substitute yeah? um, before she actually gets someone that is perhaps a bit more permanent or long term. And of course, I'm alluding to the idea of you marrying again. Lah, kan? So, yeah, um, that's that's what I would say. Thank you. No worries. All right, Farah, um, it's been fun talking to you. Um, even though this is like literally, I mean, like you said, we've we've been following each other for maybe two years, but really of the first chance we are getting to actually talk to each other properly. And I appreciate you making time and I appreciate you sharing a lot of your personal stories and struggles. And uh, I wish you all the best. You know, I wish you all the best. I wish the best for your business. I wish the best for your studies. Inshallah, you can do your studies and uh, may Allah grant ease for you in raising your daughter well. Uh, and may you find success dunya akhirat. And again, happy birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. All right, thank you. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, my interview with Farah Lee. Do follow her on social media. She has many cool, interesting, inspiring updates on her many accounts. So check them out um, and support her in any way that you can, especially some of her charity work. And hopefully Allah rewards you in abundance as well. Right? Thank you once again for tuning in and take care. Till the next episode. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.